Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'm Laura Evans, and you are listening to Hope for the Hurting. Our mission is simple. We want to provide hope and help to those who are hurting, lost, lonely, and in despair. My background is in broadcasting and radio, and I'm joined by my dad, Dr. Irv Wolf, who, in addition to being handsome, I mean, who, in addition to being a pastor for over 30 years, has a background in marriage and family therapy. Dr. Irv has authored two books, and he's the director of Hopewell Counseling in Minnesota, where he and my mom counsel individuals and couples. And today we are discussing part two in the Know Your Authority series. And today we're going to talk about what, Dad? We're going to talk about weapons. We're going to talk about Satan's tactics. Yeah, we're, get, we're getting down to the meat and potatoes of it. Yes. How we can wield our weapons against Satan's tactics. And really, he's He's got no chance of standing when we use we use our authority in Christ. So we're going to launch into that. But first, I will open us up in prayer, and then we'll get it started. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to speak to our listeners and to share your truth with them, truth about who we are as blood-bought children of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You have given us weapons to fight back against Satan's tactics. His tactics are not new. They're old and they're stale and they've been around since the beginning of time and you saw them coming before we were even born. And as such, as our loving Heavenly Father, you've equipped us with weapons to take him on. So I pray tonight, Lord, that you give us ears to hear the messages from my dad about how we can take those weapons and put them to use against Satan's tactics. And we give this podcast to you. We ask that you'd be glorified in it and that your Holy Spirit would do the work that um, he needs to do in each listener And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was in the Air Force, uh, back in the dark ages when dinosaurs roamed the earth, Mm -hmm. um, when I was in the Air Force, I was uh, given orders to go from Lackland Air Force Base to Keesler Air Force Base in Biloxi, Mississippi. And so I went from San Antonio, Texas to Biloxi, Mississippi, and I had specific orders given to me, written orders from my commanding officer on what I was supposed to do, when I was to be there, who I was to check in with, where I was staying, what I was scheduled to do when I was there, basically what the mission was. So- What do they call those marching orders? Yeah, marching orders, exactly. Uh, When a soldier is given marching orders from his commanding officer, those orders spell out the mission. Mm -hmm. They spell out what he's supposed to do, who's in charge of him, Mm-hmm. in his unit, what weapons and supplies he will need to accomplish the mission, who his enemy is, and the enemy's tactics. Mm-hmm. So they will spell out a lot, especially for uh, you know soldiers going into combat. Uh, they need to know exactly what they're walking into, so they're not caught by surprise on anything. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true for Christian soldiers. Uh, we need to know what we're supposed to do in our battle against spiritual enemies, We need to know what our weapons are. We need to know what supplies uh, we need as we go into battle and how we will know if we won the battle and what are our enemy's tactics. Mm -hmm. You've got to understand your enemy to know how to win. Exactly. You've got to know what does he typically do? Mm -hmm. What's his MO? What is his modus operandi? Mm -hmm. Well, in our last podcast, we looked at the source of our authority in Jesus Christ. In this podcast, we'll learn about our weapons and the enemy's tactics. Okay. And finally, in the last podcast in this series, we'll examine 
how we use our authority in battle against spiritual darkness. Okay. So that's going to be a powerful one. Yep. Just by way of real quick recap from last week, basic biblical domains of authority that we have as believers that are mentioned in the Bible. God the Father has authority over Jesus Christ, his son, and he has authority over the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Uh, They do his bidding. They do his will. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ has authority over his church. Mm -hmm. The Bible has authority over the believer's life. Mm -hmm. And rulers have authority over their subjects. Parents have authority over their children. Employers have authority over their employees. And husbands have authority over their wives. Uh, We we looked at all of those. Uh, If you need to go back and listen to that podcast again to get more details, uh, absolutely avail yourself of that. Yeah, Uh, and I'll interject that you can find that at anchor.fm. Google Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and then also on your website, hopewellcouncil.com. Let's look for just a minute at the weapons of our warfare, the weapons that we've been given. And we've been given tremendous authority in the spiritual realm. We've been given authority to teach, mm-hmm. to preach, to pray for the sick, to make disciples, baptize the saved, and cast out demons in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ours is a delegated authority, and I want to make that clear. We don't have authority in and of ourselves. We have authority that comes from Christ and is given to us by him. He's the one with the power to do all these things. Mm -hmm. So what are our weapons in this spiritual battle? Here's the first one, and it's multiplied prayer. Hmm. What, what do I mean by multiplied prayer? What do you what, think, Well, If I had to guess, we do a prayer meeting every morning on Zoom on Wednesday mornings, and that is multiple people praying together. So wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am with you. Exactly. That's exactly what multiplied prayer is. It's where two or three or even more are gathered together and are praying all for the same thing. That has power. Mm-hmm. That has tremendous power. And uh, James 1.5 goes right along with that. James 1.5 uh, talks about, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, mm-hmm. and it'll be given to him. Mm. Uh, so we, if we don't have wisdom, we don't know what decision to make, or we have, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're thinking about changing jobs or moving or uh, to have a child. Mm-hmm. We need wisdom. Well, the Bible says if we ask of God, the promise says he'll give it to us. Mm -hmm. That passage goes on to say you have to ask in faith. You have to ask without doubting. Yeah, the one that doubts is like, it says the surf of the sea tossed to and fro. Let not that man expect to receive anything from the Lord. Being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's very telling. Uh, We have to ask in faith. Yep. And multiply prayer. I I just think about that because uh, every fact needs to be confirmed by at least two or three witnesses. Mm -hmm. And so when we pray and we pray facts, Mm -hmm. uh, we need two or three witnesses to pray. And it's not saying that individual prayer doesn't matter to God or doesn't have power with God because it does. Mm -hmm. But that power is multiplied as more people are added to the mix. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's the first weapon is multiply prayer. The second is the spoken word of God. Mm. And boy, you see that when Jesus confronted the devil, Mm -hmm. 
40 days in the wilderness, mm -hmm. the devil comes to him and says, hey, if you really are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. And you remember what Jesus said in every single encounter during that period where he was being tempted. Every one of them, he started out with, it is written. Yeah, he just quoted scripture straight at Satan. Yeah, he knew scripture and he quoted it directly to him because it fit that particular situation. Right. Uh, you know, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every right. word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's tailored directly to the temptation of the devil. And, and that is, uh, that is uh, what he did in each one of those mm -hmm. temptations. He quoted the spoken word of God out loud. Why does he do it out loud, Low? Why, why not just pray it in your head? Because Satan can't read our thoughts. That's exactly right. Somebody taught you well. <laughs> and so you have to be bold about it. And none of his demons or demonic forces can read your thoughts either. So you have to speak it out loud. That's why when you rebuke Satan, you, have to re you can't just rebuke him in your head. You have to speak it out loud and boldly and confidently. Yes. Yeah. And, and the same is true with the word of God. When we use the word of God in spiritual warfare, it is the sword of the spirit but it needs to be unleashed. It needs to be unsheathed out of its sheath, taken out and swung. And the way you do that is by speaking it out loud mm -hmm. against the spiritual forces of evil. The third one is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been given to us as a weapon in this spiritual battle. And a couple of things in Romans 8, it talks about, uh, we don't know how to pray like we should. But the spirit intercedes with us with groanings too deep for words, and he will take it to the father. In other words, he's going to take our uh, prayers that we don't even know how to pray properly, and he's going to make them known to the father mm -hmm. who will answer them. And then in John 16, 8, Jesus says, yeah, concerning the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. So the Holy Spirit is an ally for us and a weapon, and he's convicting people. So when we come to them and share Christ with them, uh, there's, there's Holy Spirit conviction brought upon them. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Now, not everyone, sometimes we're casting our pearls before swine, mm -hmm. and they're not ready to receive what we have to offer. But, but for an awful lot of people that are ready to receive Christ, uh, they've been convicted by the Holy Spirit. Right. They know they need something because they're lost. Right. And sometimes I don't know about you, but, and probably this never happens to you because you're a seasoned expert. <laughs> but for me, when I, the times that I've shared my faith and I'm not, I don't have the gift of evangelism, but I know that some people, um, some people have the gift. And so it just comes naturally to them. And others of us were called to do it when the opportunity arises, but we can't just hide behind the fact that we're not evangelists. We have to speak when the Holy Spirit puts it on our hearts to speak to someone. But I get so caught up in my performance, what I'm going to say and how I can convince them. But what you're saying is the Holy Spirit is already doing something in them. If, if, they're, if, if God has them um, marked for salvation, it, our words are kind of irrelevant. I mean, yes, we need to say the right things to point them to Jesus and to help them pray that prayer, but it's not about us. It's about just yeah. being available and allowing God to speak through us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, God is looking for willing vessels. 
that he can pour his spirit through. And, uh, and if you're willing, God will use you. Yeah. And you don't have to be all that eloquent. Right. You don't have to be an evangelist or a preacher. Uh, you can be just a normal Christian. And we're going to get down to it. But the last one on our list is our testimony. Mm. Our testimony is a powerful weapon. Yeah. Listen to Revelation 12, 11. Listen to this one. Talking about overcoming evil. It says they overcame him, meaning the devil, because of the blood of the lamb. And because of the word of their testimony that they didn't even love their lives unto death. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, what are the two weapons? The blood of Jesus right. is a powerful weapon. Yep. There's to, nothing to pray, more powerful. To right. pray the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what they did in the Old Testament with the blood of the lamb. Mm -hmm. They painted it on the doorpost and the lintel beams and the death angel passed over them. Right. And the, the blood of the lamb protected them. Mm -hmm. and uh in in the case of of christians to to plead the blood of jesus right over over our loved ones to be yep. protected right right and then our testimony uh, everybody's got one right uh, every christian has a testimony they're all unique everybody uh, mm -hmm. came to christ in a unique way and no two are alike right and that's a powerful witness in fact Nobody can really refute that because it happened to you. Yeah, I like that a lot because you're not like not all of us are evangelists. Like I think there's a very small fraction of us that are actually have that gift of evangelism and are good at utilizing it. But we all, like you said, have a testimony. And Micah and I have been doing this park evangelism, which is a little bit out of a lot out of my comfort zone. But I was given the mic a couple of weeks ago to share my testimony. And I just talked about how I came to know Jesus. And it's a little intimidating when you first get started, but you're basically just telling your story. Yeah. And no yeah. one can say that didn't happen. Well, yeah, yeah. it did because <laughs> I, I'm the one, I was there. <laughs> so yeah, you it just, happened to me. <laughs> yes. You're just talking about how Jesus saved you and what led you yeah. to that place. Have you, have you ever known or have you ever been around someone that had the gift of evangelism? Absolutely. Yeah. And I admire that. I'm like, how do you do that? Well, you have the gift of evangelism, don't you? Uh, well, no. I mean, I don't think I do. I think I think I'm just a bold witness for Jesus. Right. But I've known people that were there was a guy who was on staff with me when I was a pastor. His name was Don. And I remember we went away on a retreat and we went to a mall for dinner about five of us, mm -hmm. and we lost him. He was sitting on one of the benches witnessing to somebody. That's amazing. And and we lost him again after dinner. After dinner, he's rolling the mall, looking yes. for somebody that the Lord is going to lead him to, to witness to. I love that so much. I don't have that gift, but I admire it. I respect it so much. All of us were in awe. I mean, we're yeah. trying to, we're thinking about whether we're going to have calzones or pizza for dinner he's thinking about souls that he's going to save and win for christ because what a great opportunity we're going to a mall oh boy <laughs> that's how he thinks that's yeah, how that's he thinks that's amazing but i've been listening to just kind of slightly off topic here but i've been listening to um some ser a sermon series from jack hibbs on the gifts of the holy spirit evangelism being one of them but how there's a number of different um, gifts of the spirit and how you really need to know what yours are in order to benefit the church body. 
So I've been thinking about what my gifts are. And some people have more than one. Some people just have one. Um, But whatever it is, it's where, where you can, you, you, you shine, you effortlessly shine. You don't, it's, it comes very naturally for you. You don't have to try hard with evangelism. I have to try hard. I make myself do it, but it doesn't come easily for me. I would say it's more like the gift of helps or the gift of encouragement. I love to cheer somebody up. I love to send a word of encouragement to somebody. That's where that just comes naturally for me. I think you're a leader among other things. I think that's one of your gifts Hmm. is leadership. Well, let me move on beyond that, uh, beyond our weapons. Let's talk about the enemy's tactics. Uh, Our commanding officers given us orders. We're ordered to battle the enemy and take back territory that he's usurped. Mm. He's the usurper. Usurper. In order to win the battle, we need to know the enemy's weapons and we need to know his tactics. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about. Let's do it. Let's expose it. Let's shine a bright spotlight on it, dad. He's like a cockroach. Let's go. Go time. The first time is he inspires people to doubt God and he puts that into their head. That's what he did with Eve. Mm -hmm. Has God said you Mm -hmm. can only eat of one tree in the garden? Mm -hmm. Has God said you can only eat of the tree of the of uh, the knowledge of good and evil? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What in other words, God's withholding something good from you. Mm-hmm. And so you doubt God's goodness. Right. Another one is lies. Oh, you man. shall, you surely shall not die. Mm. He's what the master. He's the master of lies. And then temptation. Yes. Why it looked good. The fruit looked good. Everything looked good. No one's going to find out. No one Just, will know. It'll be our secret. And then a couple of other ones that hit very close to home. One of them is mockery mm. and ridicule. Second mm. Peter 3, you've heard that the, the coming of the Lord is at hand. But mockers will arise saying, where is the coming of his, of the Lord? Uh, all things remain the same as they have been from of old. Mm-hmm. Little do they know a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. A thousand years is a day. God is patient, hoping or waiting for all to come to repentance. Mm-hmm. But with mockers, they mock, they ridicule, and they they want to in some way demoralize you oh, and yeah. intimidate, intimidate. Yeah, and a good illustration of that, Dad, is this huge, massive, and we need to keep this front burner um, on our our prayer list. Is this huge lawsuit going up against uh, going before the Supreme Court that could potentially overturn Roe versus Wade, where you've got the pro life crowd on one side of the street praying and singing praises and on the opposite side of the street you've got these vicious like demonic beings like screaming nasty horrible things at them and even saying things like we eat babies lungs for breakfast that's what they were actually quoted as saying like it's straight up demonic and they're mocking them and they're ridiculing them and it's just so clear light versus dark yeah wow That's such a, if that's not a sign of the mocking and the ridicule and the spiritual battle that we've got going on in the heavenlies at all times, I don't know what is. Yeah. Well, that's one of his chief tactics is mockery and ridicule. Right. Another one is fear and intimidation. Right. And they go hand in hand. Yep. It's like the spies going into the promised land. Why we went in and yeah, the promised land has all kinds of great fruit and it's, it's got Uh, all kinds of things that are to our advantage, but there's giants in the land and we were like grasshoppers Mm. in their sight. 
we were nothing. And what happened? Everybody was afraid. Right. You brought us all the way here, Moses, to kill us. And that's so, the tactic they're using right now with this pandemic. Yeah. Spreading fear and intimidation because nothing shackles you down. Nothing will make you give up your freedom faster than thinking that the government is here to save you and help you. Yep. Fear and intimidation. It's a big mm -hmm. one. Number six, guilt and shame. Yep. Uh, the Apostle Paul, I think, experienced that. He says, I was the chief of sinners because I was a violent a blasphemer and uh, accuser of the brethren. So he, I think he felt a measure of guilt and shame for his past. Right. Well, yeah. a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do. Well, and Satan tells and them, if people knew what you'd done, they'd never like you. They would never forgive you. God will never yeah. forgive you. Yeah. That's just not true. Yeah. And then our past. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's, that's one of the big uh, enemy's tactics is, how can you ever consider yourself a Christian? Look what you mm -hmm. used to do. How can you ever be used of God? Look what you used to do. Right, right. And, and those, so using our past. Yeah. And I, um, I went to the kickoff meeting in Sioux Falls for the 40 Days for Life. And there was a, a gal that spoke there. Victoria Robinson, and she was sharing her story, how she had had an abortion, and now she's a huge pro-life um, advocate and speaker. I don't know whether she was a, a, a new believer or not a believer at the time she had her abortion, but she grew in her faith and she started to get involved at church, but she constantly had this voice in her head saying, if people knew about your abortion, no one would accept you. They'd kick you out of their church. And so she constantly had this voice attacking her. And so she was, sh she was shackled in guilt and shame and, and her past. And some woman from um, a pro-life um, center kept bugging her about volunteering. And so she, she kept rejecting her and saying, no, I don't have time for it. And this and that. And finally the Holy spirit was just pounding her. Like you need to go meet with that lady. So she went to this woman, the woman signed her up to do some volunteer hours. And she said a, a few months into it, she went to this woman's office and said, can I speak to you privately? And she shut the door and she said, I've had an abortion and I'm so ashamed. And I don't even know that I should be working here. And this woman says, I know I've been waiting for you to tell me that. She's like, God, God told me that months ago. Wow. <laughs> and he wants you to know that he loves you and he can forgive you and he will That's forgive cool. you. That's and cool. so he used her. Now, now she's, how many people has she pulled away from the grips of death and, and destruction that what Satan intended for evil, God is using for good. And that's how when you give that guilt and shame and your past over to Jesus, he can transform you in beautiful ways. He's done that with your life Oh yeah. through your ministry, your purity ministry. Oh, He's yeah. done that through me. He takes the brokenness in you and he can use that to help others. Oh, you got that right. Well, those are all the weapons that the devil uses against us. Uh, everything from doubt all the way through our past. Yep. Well, what are his tactics? How does he attack believers? five big ways that he attacks believers. The first is he obviously, he uses the unsaved to attack us. Mm -hmm. uh, so in Acts 16, he's got unbelievers there in Philippi who are attacking Paul and Silas and they wind up getting beaten and thrown in jail. Yep. Do they moan and groan? Mm -hmm. No, they start singing praises at midnight. Pretty soon an earthquake comes. <laughs> All the doors are sprung open. The jailer's ready to kill himself because he thinks he's lost all of his prisoners. Mm -hmm. And it winds up that Paul is able to lead him to Christ. 
and lead his whole family to Christ. Right, right. So he can, you know, the, the devil tries to use the unsaved. Mm-hmm. The other thing is he tries to use the saved. In Galatians 2, uh, you see uh, the, the uh, Jewish Christians want to uh, cause all of the new believers, new Gentile believers, they should all be circumcised. Mm-hmm. And they should, all, they should all keep the dietary laws. No pork, no shellfish, no eating blood, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. They're caught up in legalism. They're caught up in legalism. And then, uh, like in Acts 16 again, uh, there's demons. Mm-hmm. And he attacks believers through demons. He can't possess them because they're already occupied by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But what he can do is harass them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can attack them. Uh, if he can, he can influence them. Mm-hmm. He can poison their thinking. He can invade their dreams. Mm-hmm. And that's what demons do. Yep. And then our personal sin is another way that he attacks believers. We just talked about that a little bit. How he accuses us mm-hmm. of the things that we've done in right. the past that were sinful. It's so insidious because he tempts you to get you to the point where you give in. And then when you give in, then he immediately switches tactics and tells you how awful of a person you are and how God would never forgive you. And you're just the scum of the earth. Yep. That's the old temptation accusation. Yep. That's the one, two punch that he uses. Exactly. And when you call him out and you expose it and you run to the feet of your savior, he can't stop you. He runs, he retreats. Well, the last, the last tactic that he uses to attack believers is he will sometimes even use our own relatives mm, we've to attack us. We've seen that, haven't we? <laughs> but uh, our relatives, and I think of Acts uh, of Matthew 10, where Jesus's uh, brothers are used against him until they come to be believers, but they're used against him. Mm-hmm. And they try to I- inhibit him right. and stop him. Right. Uh, so, you know, that that's, you know, that's, that's going to be people in his own household mm-hmm. are going to be against him. Yeah. And you think about people today, my heart goes out to um, spouses that have come to know the Lord and they're married to a non-believing spouse and they're just, they're unequally yoked. And sometimes that happens because they became a believer after they were Christian or they were a young Christian and they married somebody who was not a believer for whatever reason, they're, they're lonely because they're not equally yoked to someone who believes as they believe. Right. Right. And it's great if they have an unbelieving mate who is, you know, tolerant and willing to allow them to go to church and, and women's groups or, you know, other activities. But if they're married to somebody who's against the faith and is opposed to them doing anything that's spiritual. Mm -hmm. Because they're threatened by it. Yep. That creates real problems. Mm -hmm. Well, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against the source, world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is real battle. It's a real battle that's going on that every Christian faces. Mm -hmm. Every Christian's engaged in spiritual warfare, whether you like it or whether you don't. Mm -hmm. Uh, The devil and his demons are real, and they're at war with us. There is no middle ground. Mm -hmm. The stakes are high. The spiritual lives of our children and grandchildren are at stake. Mm -hmm. We can't afford to be passive bystanders Mm -mm. in a war of this significance. We are either fighting 
this spiritual battle or will be taken out by the enemy. Mm-hmm. Will you fight? Mm-hmm. Will you take your stand on the battle line with King Jesus as your commander in chief? And will you fight? Yes. I, there's a great scene uh, in Braveheart in which William Wallace, played by Mel Gibson, is riding back and forth in front of the Scottish troops. And they're terrified of the English, who are, there's probably five times as many uh, English soldiers. They're well-trained, well-armed. These are just peasants. They've got clubs, they've got sticks, some have swords, Mm -hmm. but most of them are untrained in warfare. And he's riding back and forth and he's screaming at them, Will you fight for your country? Will you fight for your wives and children? Will you mm-hmm. fight for your land? Will you fight for your houses? Mm-hmm. Or are you just going to lay down? Right. Right. And I'm at the point where I would rather go out fighting than be taken out because I'm cowering in the corner. Like, let's go. Let's just go. I mean, I am going to fight for what I believe in. I'm going to fight for my children. I'm going to fight for my freedom. I'm going to fight for my country. And you see that happening across the nation, especially with these um, these mama bears that are going oh, up yeah. against the school boards oh, over yeah. CRT and the other garbage that they're that they didn't realize they were teaching our children. But you know, Satan always overplays his hand. So last year when we were so locked down and parents had children at home doing online learning. And they happen to be walking past their bedroom while they're hearing this communist garbage coming out of the, t- the, the screen from the teacher or whatever else they're being taught, um, you know, perverted sexual behaviors, whatever. And the parents are like, are you kidding me? This is what you're teaching my kid. This is what my tax dollars are going to pay. And so the parents, it, this began last year, back when kids were at home and, and parents started to become aware of what they're being taught in the public schools. And now yeah. they're not having it. And they had one of these moms, her name was, I believe, Keisha, an African-American, beautiful woman. And she was on uh, the war room the other day. And um, he said, so how, do, how does it feel to be called a domestic terrorist? And she's, he's like, does that intimidate you? Does that make you want to like, you know, stop what you're doing and go sit in the corner, which is kind of what you and I were just talking about. And she's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This has more emboldened us. And as soon as they started call, call, calling us domestic terrorists, more moms joined our cause. We're not backing down. And that's what oh. we as believers need to be fighting, yeah. standing in the gap for our children, for our families, yeah, for what you, we believe in. You poke the bear. For what we value. And then Steve Bannon said later, he's like, there's a lot of very um, powerful forces in this world, but none more powerful than a mother standing in the gap for her children. Oh, you're no kidding. So they've unleashed, they've unleashed all kinds of powerful, righteous indignation. So watch it happen. And God, this is how God moves when he wakes us and we see what's going on. We're awake now. We're aware. And now we have to stand up, grab your weapons and stand in the gap for your family, for your faith, for your freedom, for your community. And if you don't know yet, whether you're on God's side or you're still kind of walking the line, not sure if you want to trust him yet as your savior, there's no better time than today. Right now, I feel like he's tugging at people's hearts to draw them into a relationship with him. And you can do that so easily. It's the ABCs of salvation. We refer to it every week. And it's A, admit you're a sinner in need of a savior. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And B is believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. His blood shed on the cross is the only thing that can pay for our sins. 
John 14, six says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. And then see his call upon his name, cry out to him. Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He loves you. He longs to have that relationship with you. He longs to have you on his holy side, his holy army, as we, as we fight back against these demonic forces. And there's nobody's army I'd rather be on than, than the Lord Jesus Christ. And dad, I just, I just ask that you would um, lead us in prayer and help us um, invite Christ into our hearts to be our Lord and Savior. Yes, I would be honored. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we ask that you would truly touch our lives, cause us to become instruments and uh, soldiers in your army, mm -hmm. that we would be uh, equipped and ready to do battle against the enemy. And if you're listening to us today, dear listener, I just want to invite you to pray and invite Jesus Christ into your life, and then you'll join us shoulder to shoulder in the army. Mm -hmm. You'll be part of the Lord's army. You'll be part You'll be a soldier in his army and he'll give you all the weapons you need and he will call you into spiritual battle and uh, you will be victorious because we're on the winning side. Mm -hmm. And if that's your case, if you need Jesus in your heart, follow along as I pray mm -hmm. and pray this yourself. Uh, dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I need you. I know that I'm lost without you and that I deserve hell, but you promised you'd give me heaven because. We serve a great savior and you are a great savior. And I believe in you. I believe that you came to earth as the son of God and that you went to the cross and you went into the grave and you rose again on the third day. And now you're seated in heaven, interceding mm -hmm. for me and all others. Mm -hmm. And then Lord, I would, would call upon you. Like Laura said, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm -hmm. I'm calling on you, Jesus. I'm calling on you to save me. Come in to my heart. Cause me to go from darkness to light, mm -hmm. to go from death into life. I want to be with you forever. In your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, we would love to hear your story. Now, you guess what? You have a testimony now. You can be sharing this to anybody who will listen to you. And that's what is so exciting about new believers and I remember when I was a new believer back when I was like five, six years old, you can't shut us up. We want to tell everybody, <laughs> you need to know what Jesus did for me. You need to know how he saved me. You need to know the wretch I was and how he loved me anyways and how his blood covers my sin and how I'm going to be in heaven now with him for eternity. And I want you to go too. <laughs> they're just, they're contagious. They're exciting. They're, yeah, they are. they're in inspirational. So we'd love to hear your story. You can email us at hopewellcouncil at gmail.com and we'll send you some materials to help you grow in your faith. And we're just so grateful that you chose to spend some time with us today. You can find all episodes of our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and anchor.fm. Also, there's a library of current and past episodes at hopewellcouncil.com. Send questions, comments, suggestions for future episodes to hopewellcouncil at gmail.com. Next week, we're wrapping up our series on Know Your Authority. Any sneak peeks on that next week, Dad? How do you deal with uh, the demonic when you're directly attacked mm. uh, in, you know, in your workplace, mm -hmm. uh, in your home, mm -hmm. uh, in, in your relationships? How do you handle demonic attack? Mm. Uh, how do you handle nightmares? How do you handle violent dreams? 
Uh, how do you handle those impure thoughts mm. that are coming at you? Yeah. How do you use your authority? Yes. Over those. Yes. That's so good because I feel like in my own life, like I can, I, I, there's one day last week where I really felt under attack and I feel like Satan's ramping up his game. So we really need to ramp up ours as well. So, but, but, you know, we, we look at things happening in the news and it seems like the bad continues to win and they continue to um, like, where's the justice? Where's, where's the righteousness? Um, we continue to pray. We continue to cry out to God. When are we going to see justice? Well, we know from revelations that the judgment day is coming for Satan and for all that follow him. So we can rest in that fact that that day is secure and that day is going to happen. So I'll leave you with Luke 10, 18 through 20. Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven.